week two. And this is, listen, I'm so excited about these readings today because these things, I, I just love, I love the way, um, I love the way God is. I love the way Jesus is. And I love that in Jesus, we get to experience who God is in, in his fullest expression to us. And that was Mark's purpose in writing his gospel. His, his purpose was he wanted to show people God. He wanted to show people Jesus. See, not everybody was able to meet Jesus when Jesus was on the planet. And so Mark was the first one to write his gospel. And, he's, and his purpose was to introduce people to Jesus, to let them know who Jesus was, to let them know what Jesus was like. Now, Mark was most likely written to Jewish people who were living in Rome during the persecution by the emperor Nero. Does everybody remember Nero? Nero was the one that fiddled while Rome was burning. Remember that, that story? Well, he was the one that set the fire. And, and his people caught on that he was the one that set the fire. And so they were getting angry at him. And so he was looking for a scapegoat. Who could he blame for the fire in Rome? And he decided, I know, I'll blame the Christians. Nobody likes them anyway. And so he blamed the Christians, and everybody was in an uproar against the Christians. And that started the, per the first widespread persecution of people that believed in Jesus. And most of them at that time were Jewish. They were Jewish people that were living in Rome who had come to faith in Jesus. Now, some of them were also beginning to be Roman citizens, but the vast majority of them were Jewish at the time. Mark um, wrote this gospel to the Romans, and, but in, at that time in the world, you know, who, you know who they believed the Son of God was? They believed the Son of God was Caesar. Do you know what they used to say about Caesar? They used to say, Caesar is Lord. That's what they used to say. But Mark begins his gospel by saying, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what he begins his gospel with. And it was like a bombshell into the city of Rome because the only person that you ever said was the Son of God was Caesar because he was the divinely appointed ruler of the people. The only person that you would ever call Lord was Caesar. But here is Mark saying, nope, actually, you think that the whole world is governed by Caesar. You think that he's the one with all the power. He seems to be the one with all the power because he's ruining your life right now. He's, he's persecuting you and everybody hates you because of him. He seems to be in control. But actually, Christians, I want you to know, it's not Caesar that's Lord, it's Jesus. It's not Caesar, that, Caesar that's the Son of God, it's Jesus, okay? That's what Mark was doing. He was telling them a totally new story. So, Mark does something else too. He, he, he kind of, he, he puts this, this word out into the Roman world. Attention, there's a different Lord. There's a different Son of God. He's the true one. But he also, because he's writing to Jewish people, he frames it within their worldview. And so he starts his gospel off by saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. So he starts off his gospel by saying, um, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, and he quotes from two prophets at that point, one from Malachi and one from Isaiah. And, uh, and, 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 and what he says is, basically, Jesus is the fulfillment of all these expectations that God would one day come. In Malachi, God's coming would be one of judgment. 
And it was because in Malachi, Malachi was this prophet that was writing to the Jewish people, and all the priests were being really bad. They were offering God sacrifices that were impure. They were offering God the leftovers. They, were offer they would look at this lamb and they'd say, nobody wants to eat that. Let's sacrifice that to God, right? And so they were giving God the leftover. And Malachi said, guys, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be offering God your very best, but you're offering him the worst. And so God's going to come one day. And when he comes, it'll, he'll be coming in judgment on you, especially on the priests, the leaders of the people. Mark also quotes from Isaiah. And if you know anything about Isaiah, Isaiah's vision of God coming is one of comfort. You know that chapter, Isaiah 40, that starts, comfort, comfort my people. Uh, half of uh, Handel's Messiah is that chapter in Isaiah. It's, it's a wonderful chapter in which God is coming in comfort and healing Isaiah wants the people to know that when God comes, it will be as if God is making the creation new again. It's a new creation, a recreation. God was coming to restore everything. No more sickness, no more disease, no more suffering, no more death, no more pain. A complete restoration of everything and everyone, including us. Okay, so that's, who Mark, that's what Mark is doing. That's his agenda in writing his gospel. What's happening in our readings for today? Look at me with that, at that reading from the Gospel of Mark. It's right there in your service leaflet. This is Mark chapter 7. Jesus is wandering around. He returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon toward the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a deaf, a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And then he took him aside in private. And he did some weird things. He put his finger into his ears. He spat and touched his tongue. And he looked up to the heaven and sighed and said, Be opened. And immediately this man's ears were opened. His tongue was released and he spoke plainly. Now, Mark who, who, who does Mark want us to see that Jesus is in this passage? Uh, who is Jesus then? He is the one, uh, who is the one who restores this man to wholeness and sets him on the way? What is Mark trying to show us? Would you look at Isaiah with me? Uh, that passage from Isaiah is, is over in your service leaflet. Isaiah 35. This is all about the coming of God himself, God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm going to start a few, few verses before your, your version starts. This is Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1. When God comes, even the wilderness will rejoice in those days. The desert will blossom with flowers. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel's pastures and the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. And this is where your, yours picks up. Say to those who are a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear, here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. 
Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. Okay. That's what it's going to be like when God comes. Because that's who's coming. God himself is coming. And when God comes, that's what it's going to be like. And what do we see Jesus doing in the, all of the gospel readings? When he goes around and he's healing people, what is he helping them do? He's helping the lame to walk. He's helping the deaf to hear. The, uh, the, the mute to speak. The blind to see. And what is he doing right here for this man? He restores his speech. He restores his hearing. And then further down, in this, in this thing from Isaiah, at the very end, um, it says that a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. And why is it called the holy way? Because that's where God walks. God himself walks on the holy way. And the unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. Okay? This is a road for God and for his people to walk. And he's going to walk with them and make sure that none of them go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there. But listen to who will be found there. Listen to who will be found there. The redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Who has this man encountered on this road today? Who does Mark want us to see that this man has encountered? He wants us to see that it's God himself. That God himself has come in Jesus. And he does. When he comes, he does exactly what the God does. He restores his creation. He sets everything right. As our reading from James reminds us, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation and no shadow due to change. You know what that means? It means that, it means that this is who God is. And he doesn't change. He does not, his character is the same in all situations. When this man met Jesus, he encountered God. That's what it means. So, if this is how Jesus, when he came, if this is how God, when he came, treated this man, he restored him to full personhood. If that's what he did for him, then that's what he can be for you. That's what he can do for you and for me and for them. So what is our takeaway this morning? Look with me at the beginning of this reading from Mark. Jesus has returned from this region of Tyre, but look what it says. In, in verse 32 it says, they brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. We don't know who they is. They could be the disciples. They could just be people in the area. They could be anybody. They could be us. They could be you. But that's what the takeaway is. They brought a person who needed a touch from God. They brought a person to God, to Jesus, who needed healing and redemption and hope. They brought that person in need to Jesus. And his life was never the same again. 
His life was from that point on changed. Because before, it, said, it says in Isaiah that the lame will not walk on this road, right? Lame people cannot walk on this road. But Jesus takes this person who was lame and says, no, I am on my way. I am on this road. I am on this holy way. And I'm going to restore you. And now you can join me. And you can join me on this road. Who do you know that needs to be brought to Jesus today? Who do you know that needs to be touched by him and be restored? God has come among us in Jesus Christ. That's who has come. God has come. And he brings healing and hope and mercy and redemption and restoration with him. And I need that. I need that in my life. Just like that man did. As much as that man did. I need that. And so do you. And so do they. Amen. Please stand with me as we recite the Nicene.